Somebody needs to know that God is a provider. And I don't know exactly what your need is. I don't mean just financially. I mean in every area of your life, God provides answers. Can I get an amen? So you need to be reminded, I need to be constantly reminded that God is a provider. Whatever you need today, maybe it's a restoration of a marriage, or maybe it's a wayward child to come home, or maybe it's a a career, education, something for the future. Maybe it is finances or healing for your body. You need to know that our God provides supernaturally. Amen? So I want to start by looking at this story in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 22 tells the story of a guy by the name of Abraham. Now, just to give you a little bit of the backstory, Abraham was, uh, and his wife were believing God for a son. They had prayed about it for years, and they had really gotten past the age where they could birth children. And so they were just praying, and, and, and God provided supernaturally for Sarah to get pregnant. And they had a son, his name was Isaac. But there came a time in Genesis chapter 22 where the Lord would test Abraham. And here's the test. And this is always the test we're going to take. The test is, is the blessing more important than the God who blesses? Because if we ever get to a place in our life where the blessing The blessings of God, the answers to the prayer, whatever God provides for you becomes more important than the God who blesses. We need to be very careful because if that happens to us, we're going to have to make our way up a mountain and we're going to have to face a test. And that's what happened in Abraham's life. God asked Abraham to put his son on the altar to sacrifice his son. And Abraham began that journey up the mountain. But everything you need to know, everything you need to know about what took place, you can find in in Genesis chapter 22, verse 5. Here's what it says. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. He was from the south. Come on, somebody. We'll go yonder and worship. Listen to this. And we. Somebody say we. We will come back to you. Everything you need to know can be found in that one verse. We will come back to you. You have to understand that this boy was a promise. He was a promise from God. The promise was this, that from Abraham's loins, that means from Isaac, generations will be born. So if that is the promise, then Abraham had to believe that if God wanted him to be sacrificed, God was also going to raise him from the dead. Nothing was going to abort the promise of God. And some of you need to hear that. You need to know that. No matter what you're facing today, no matter what you're going through, no matter how many bills are piling up, no matter what the doctor says, no matter what your marriage looks like, you need to know that if God promised promised it, God's going to deliver. If he said it, he's going to make good on it. Amen? God does not lie. If he promises it, it's going to come to pass. Amen? And that's what happened to Abraham. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 19, it actually says this. Abraham believed God. 
That even if Isaac was killed, even if he had to sacrifice his son, that God was going to raise him from the dead. Abraham believed by faith that God was going to fulfill his promise. So Abraham did this. He lined himself up for supernatural provision. Because as he lifted up the knife to kill Isaac, he was stopped by God. And all of a sudden he lifted up his eyes and there was a ram caught in a thicket. And the Bible says that Abraham named that place Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. How many of you just, you like to be reminded every now and then that God is Jehovah Jireh. He is the God who provides for all of our needs, for the retirement that you're looking at that may look bleak, huh? for the job that, that needs to get, you need more income for the job, for, for, the, for the sickness that just seems to linger, that you can't seem to shake. You need to know that God is a provider, amen? So let's find out how do we align ourselves How do we line up our life for supernatural provision? Let me just give you a couple ways. And the first one is this. A thought process has to die. If you want to line yourself up for supernatural provision, you need to understand that a thought process has to die. Somewhere you have believed a lie or I've believed a lie. This has happened to me in my life that God can't provide, that he won't provide, that somehow I'm too far gone, I've made too many mistakes, or I, 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 just, I, I just, so for some reason I can't give because if I give, there won't be enough. I can't tithe because if I tithe, there won't be enough. Somehow I have believed a lie in my, t- my life, and some of you may be in the same thing. In your thought life, you've believed the lie that God can't provide, and that has to die. That thought has to die. You have to believe. You have to change your way of thinking. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says this. Paul writes and he says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, what? As a living, what? Sacrifice. A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, pleasing to God which is our reasonable service. Listen, it says a living sacrifice. In other words, Paul is saying to put yourself on the altar. And we have to take our thinking, that strange way of thinking that thinks that if I give, there won't be enough, or or if I pray, nothing's going to happen, or or if I reach out to my spouse, they're not going to reach back. We have to take that way of thinking, and we have to change it. That way of thinking has to die. We have to put it on the altar and say, no, I'm going to change that way of thinking. I'm going to change it. Here's what Paul said. He said, I beseech you, brethren. In other words, I urge you. I, 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 I encourage you. It's not a command. Listen to this. It's not a command. It's actually an invitation. Hallelujah. Just an invitation. And listen, that invitation's for all of us. Everybody here has an invitation to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, to change your way of thinking, to start to think differently about whether God can provide for you or not. Because some of you are looking at at years of retirement and you're wondering, is there going to be enough? 
Some of you are looking at bills and you're wondering, is there going to be enough or am I going to have to just live without? Some of you are looking at, at medication for the rest of your life and you're wondering, is this the new normal for me? Is this how I'm going to have to live my life? Or my child is too far gone or my marriage is too far gone. You're thinking that way and that way of thinking has to change. That way of thinking has to die. Here's what Jesus said in John chapter 12. Man, I love this verse. John chapter 12, verse number 24, it says, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and die, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Here's what Jesus is saying. That seed has to go into the ground, and every seed that goes into the ground dies. And when it dies, it produces. See, when, when we lay ourselves on the altar, when we take our way of thinking and we die to ourself, right? Then we can begin to live. In fact, the very next thing he says in John chapter 12, the very next sentence, it says, he who loses his life will find it. Hallelujah. In other words, our way of thinking has to change if we're going to find multiplication. If we're going to find that God provides, we have to die to something. Something has to die for you to live. That's true of everyday life. How many of you ate breakfast this morning? Raise your hand if you ate breakfast. What did you have? You had eggs, you had bacon, you had something this morning. I had a donut. A donut had to die. I'm serious. For me to live today, a donut had to die. A chicken gave its life for you to have breakfast. If you were blessed, a hog, a pig, was slaughtered so that you could have bacon and ham and sausage. Come on, somebody. That's every day of your life. You say, Pastor, I'm a vegan. A broccoli, a piece of lettuce was killed so that you could have that. Take that. Vegan, there you go. For you to live every day of your life, something has to die. From death really comes life. So you understand that when I change my way of thinking, when I die to myself, that's when I really begin to live. Something has to die. So a thought process has to die. Charlie was talking about it today. For years, he thought he was the provider. He just thought he was that provider. And that way of thinking had to provide. Listen, he's a hard worker. He got up early, went to work, worked hard. And he thought, like many of us men do, oh, well, I just, man, it's the hours and it's the effort and it's the wisdom and it's, it's the training and, and I just put it, and, and we just think that we're our own provider and that way of thinking has to die if we're going to step into and align ourselves up with supernatural provision. And then the second thing is this. You have to do your part. You have to do your part. Even to, to take the example of Charlie, listen, he still got up. I mean, it wasn't like you could just say, okay, supernatural provision come my way, but I'm not going to do anything. No, you have to do something. We used to have on, uh, years ago, uh, Michelle's leading our nursery now. This is before she became our nursery leader. And let me just tell you, let me just, just 
go along with that shameless plug, what could be more important than helping with our nursery and reaching out to that next generation? I mean, seriously, if, if you're not doing anything right now, volunteer for our nursery. It will bless you. Listen, we always need help with our nursery. And so we always sometimes would have holes to fill, and we used to put out these calendars years ago. And the calendar used to say, all over the place, there used to be these little gaps, and it would say, the Lord will provide. Like all over the calendar. Some of you might remember that. And I hated that. Because I said to the person who's in charge of it, I said, why do we put that on the calendar? Well, I'm just believing God for the Lord to provide. So typing it onto a page is going to call somebody. Get some help. Ask somebody. I mean, you can't just type it onto a, a calendar and, and expect that, that it's going gonna, it's gonna to change. And some of you are, that's how we live our lives sometimes. Well, I'm just believing that God's going to provide and, and my ship has come coming in you didn't send one out nothing's coming in you have to do something right it's kind of like the guy I don't know if you heard of the guy that was living in Louisiana and he was going through a flood he's going through a flood and and the flood was really bad began to begin to flood his whole house and water just began to rise up and he had to climb up to the roof of his house and at the roof of his house he began to pray and he said God I need a miracle I need you to save me. I need, I need this to be supernatural. Uh, I'm going to die here. I need you to provide a miracle for, for me to live. And so he's at the roof of his house just praying for God to, to, to save him supernaturally. And his neighbor comes by in a, in a John boat and says, hey, hop in. He said, no, 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 I, I prayed. I'm believing God. God's going to save me by a miracle. So the neighbor said, okay, and just went on his way. And the water just began to rise up, got all the way to his feet. It's just right at his feet. He's at the very top of his roof. And the Coast Guard comes by and says, hey, jump in. He said, no, 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 I'm good. I prayed, believe in God for a miracle. It's where I'm putting my faith. And the Coast Guard says, okay. And they just take off. And the water just continues to rise up. And he has to stand up to his feet. And water's at his waist. And a helicopter flies over and lowers a ladder and says, hey, jump on. He says, no, I'm okay. I prayed. I believe in God for a miracle. And water just kept coming and rose so much that he drowned and died right there. And he gets to heaven and he stands before God, says, God, what happened? I prayed. I was believing God for a miracle. God said, I sent two boats and a helicopter. What else do you want me to do? And sometimes that's how we live our life. We're thinking, hey, God, you have to do this, some kind of miracle. And God's saying, okay, listen, I'll provide the miracle, but you got to do something. You have to do your part. Listen to me very carefully. Listen to me very carefully. God will never do your part for you. He'll never do your part for you. You will always, I will always... All of us, we're always going to have to do our part. No matter what, no matter what you pray, you can fast, you can pray, you can praise, you can worship, you can attend church every week, go to discovery, small groups, but you are still going to have to do your part. God will never do it for you. He never will. He always expects us to do our part. But here's the good news. You ready for the good news? 
The good news is your part is actually easy. God's got the hard part. See, your part's never supernatural. It's always natural. I mean, really, it's not that hard. God's got the miracle part, right? God's got the supernatural part. God has the part that, that you can't do. You can only do your part, but you're going to have to do your part. You say, Pastor, what is my part? I have no idea. I really don't. Because I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know if you're believing God for finances or for a marriage or for a wayward child. I don't know what you're believing for, praying for, or thinking about. But God will speak to you and he will impress upon you what is your part. And you're going to have to do your part. And your part's actually the easy part. Think about this. In the story in 2 Kings... Chapter 17, it tells the story of a guy by the name of Elijah. Elijah was a prophet. And God sent him to provide for a widow in a place called Zarephath. God didn't send Elijah to the widow to provide for Elijah. God sent Elijah to the widow to provide for the widow. It was all about the widow. And so God sent this man. How I many you know God could provide for Elijah anywhere? He took him out in the wilderness, fed him with birds, and, and put a brook, a, a, a beautiful little stream in the middle of a drought. God could do that anywhere. God was concerned about the widow. So God took Elijah and he brought him to a widow to provide for the widow. And here's how it went He saw her picking up some sticks and he said, Hey, give me a drink, but also would you bake a cake for me? And she said, I just want you to know, I've only got a little bit of oil, a little bit of flour. I'm going to bake one cake, and then me and my son, we're going to die. That's where her faith was. I mean, she's a powerful woman of God, right? She's got no faith. She's just done. And he said this, bring me a cake first. If you bake me a cake first... God will supernaturally provide. The oil, the flour will never run out. Now listen to what happens. Listen to what happens. She bakes the cake. The oil just multiplies. The flour multiplies. God just supernaturally provides for her. But let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. How hard is it to bake a cake? For some of you, it's a little more difficult than others. (laughs) But we've got YouTube now. It's really, think about it, it's really not that hard to bake a cake. What he asked for really isn't that difficult. Just bake a cake. You say, no, no, pastor, that was her last meal. So, it was only one meal. If she thought she was going to die anyway, come on now. If she thought she was going to die anyway, it was only one cake right? That's all he, listen, anybody can bake a cake and give it to somebody else. That's not that hard. The hard part was multiplying the oil and multiplying the flour every day, every time she went to bake, every time she went to pour the oil, more oil showed up. How many of you know that's a lot harder than baking a cake? Listen, if you do your part, God will do his part. He'll always do his part. Amen? You say, well, pastor, tithing is so hard. No, it's not. 
it's actually pretty easy. You say, no, 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 if we tithe, we're going to starve, we're going to die. Then you've got other issues. You might need more counseling than just, you know, financially as far as tithing. I mean, if 10% is going to rock your world and cause you to, to be homeless, then you really, you might need some other counseling. It's really not that hard. Praying isn't that hard. Praying for your child and, and praying for healing, it's not that hard. We just have to change our mindset and we have to do our part. Amen? And if we do our part, God will do his part. Listen, David, when he stood before Goliath, he hurled a stone. That was the easy part. God put his full force behind the stone, right? And let me just tell you today, no matter where you're at, what you believe in God for, God wants to put his full force, all of his weight, all of heaven's power, all of heaven's authority. He wants it to put it right behind you. You just have to let go of the stone. Amen? And if you do, you watch. You let go of the stone. You hurl it and you watch how God puts his full force behind your prayers, what you're believing God for, your faith. You watch how supernatural provision, doors of opportunity open up for you. Listen, if you just believe and if you just do your part, amen? And then the third thing is this. You have to, every now and then, you have to give yourself a faith checkup. I find this in my life. I don't know. I've been saved a long time. Long time, years and years, decades. And I still, pastoring for, been in ministry 23 years, I still constantly have to give myself faith checkups. Fortunately, my wife does a good job of giving them to me. Because I will say to her, we are broke. You hear? Don't spend a dime. Am I the only one that ever says that? We're broke. We're broke. You spend a dime, we're in the poorhouse. That's it. We're homeless. You know, I mean, here I am. You know, I'm preaching this stuff, but every now and then, you have to give yourself a faith checkup. Honey, I'm so sick. Oh, my gosh, I'm so sick. Oh, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. You, you have to, every now and then, give yourself a faith checkup. Because my wife will say to me, well, is that what you want? Because... That's what you're going to get. How many of you know we are going to get what we say? I'm going to try that one more time. I said we are going to get what we say. You cannot talk poverty and live in supernatural abundance. You can't talk sickness and live in divine health. Huh? You can't talk defeat and walk in victory. So every now and then you have to give yourself a faith checkup. And you have to say, are the words that are coming out of my mouth, do they match my faith and what I'm believing God for? Amen? That good-for-nothing husband, that sorry wife, those terrible children, right? We have to really guard our faith, our words, and make sure we're giving ourselves a faith checker. Let me end with this today. I want to give you just three questions. I want you to hear these three questions and, and, and just ask yourself these the first one is this. What do I need today that only God can provide? What do I need today? What do I need today? Today. What do I need? Do I need 
to believe God for retirement? Do I need to believe God for employment? Do I need to believe God for healing? Do I need to believe God for uh, uh, my child to come home, my marriage to be restored? What do I need today that only God can provide? Only God can provide. The second question is this. What is my part that I need to do right now? Listen to me. Let me say it again. God will never do your part for you. He never will. You always have to do your part. But when you do your part, God always, 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 I said always, I said always, God always does his part. So what is my part? I don't know what your part is, but I know you have a part. You have a part. And then the third question is this. What, would I, uh, what have I been speaking? What words have I been speaking? And do they match my faith? What words have I been speaking? Let's just do a quick faith checkup, huh? Are the words that are coming out of your mouth, do they match your faith? Or do you need to begin to change some of the words that are coming out of your mouth? Right? Because it's easy to look at circumstances. It's easy to look at, at, at a child that's just gone crazy, they're just not serving God, and it looks like they never will. And it's easy to look at that and go, I don't ever see that changing. There was a time in my life with Cynthia and I's marriage, I was convinced we would never be happy. I was convinced. I said it. I believed it. That's all that came out of my mouth. Our marriage was over. It was going to be terrible the rest of our life because I couldn't get divorced because then I'd lose my job. And so I got to keep my job because I had to pay for my $386 mortgage, you know, up in North Florida. And so, you know, I just, I just, said, I just believed that. I thought it, it just looks impossible. There's no way. But I didn't realize that God, at that point, and I was saved, I loved God, but I just needed that reminder. No, the same God that created the heavens and the earth, the same God that just spoke and everything that we see has come into existence, the same God that parted the Red Sea, the same God that provided quail in the middle of the wilderness, the same God that performed miracle after miracle after miracle. Listen, if I believe and line myself up, he's the same God that will provide for me. And he did, he provided for us. And he's continued to do so. So just ask yourselves those questions. What do I need today? What do I need today? What do I need today that only God can provide? And what's my part? What's my part? And are the words that are coming out of my mouth, do they match my faith? Do they match what I'm believing God for? Or have I been talking defeat? Have I been talking lack? Have I been talking poverty? Right? So let's pray today. Would you do this this morning? Would you bow your heads?